Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And this show is presented by Mercury Mile. Mercury Miles, fusing fashion and function for runners of all abilities, and it just takes three easy steps. Go to mercurymile.com, enter your sizes and preferences, and they'll send you out a curated box of running goodies and apparel. You keep what you love, you send back what you don't. They have a self-addressed, basically, envelope that you just throw the stuff in, seal it, and put it back in the mailbox. It's so easy, and the stuff you keep is really affordable. And if you sign up for their newsletter on mercurymile.com, you'll get updates on different sales they're doing, which is always nice. But also, even if they don't have a sale code, you can save $10 by using my code, RamblingRunner10 at checkout. That's mercurymile.com using code RamblingRunner10. So this episode is a repeat guest. We have Stephanie Flippin. So Stephanie was on episode 101 back in September. This was a very popular guest. In that episode, Stephanie and I talked a lot about how she has kind of one foot in the trail runner ultra marathon community and then another foot as a road racer and i wanted to have her back on for this episode because last weekend she just killed it at the birmingham um, 10k i think it's the birmingham wine 10k something like that and first of all her team the mccurdy trained team won the team title and she ran 36 32 for a 10K, which was an enormous PR, and she did it in less than, far less than ideal conditions, and she's prepping for the Boston Marathon, which she has a marathon PR of 3.05, which she had, uh, so which she did in uh, December at CIM, but things are really trending up for her, and I couldn't wait to talk to her just about her evolution from ultramarathoner to road racer and you know she's she kind of you know will continue to do both but this this uh this phase of her running career is just so interesting and in how quickly she's gotten better but we also talk about the foundation that she had to lay before she started you know really improving at such a rapid pace because you know she's not a uh you know she's not you know, someone who just, just got better really quickly. And we talk about that at the end. We talk about what progression looks like, how long it can take, even if someone may not know you, you know, as a runner uh, and may be surprised by, you know, someone jumping on the scene and doing so well in a race like that. You know, Stephanie's been putting in work for years. And, uh, yeah, we talk all about it in this episode. So, again, if you haven't listened, you can check out episode 101, but don't feel like you need to listen to that first. If you're already here, stick with us. Listen to this one. If you like what you hear, I'm sure you will, because Stephanie's fantastic. Go back and listen to 101 as well. So thanks for listening. And now here's my conversation with Stephanie. Hello, Stephanie, and welcome back to the Rambling Runner podcast. Hi, Matt. <laughs> it's great to have you back. You have been requested by a lot of people. Since you oh came gosh. on, uh, I think the last episode was episode 101, which was released mm-hmm. on September 26th. And since then, yeah, a lot of people wanted you back on. And Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. And I was certainly happy to oblige because, you know, we, we chat <laughs> from time to time and I always enjoy yeah. our, our exchanges. So um, I'm so glad you can come back on, especially considering the remarkable weekend that you had recently <laughs> out the Wine Glass 10K. So first of all, congratulations. Yeah. 
thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, so just to set the stage um, for that event, um, can mm-hmm. you just say a brief description about what it was and the circumstances for why you decided to do that race? Sure. Um, so I am in my lead up to Boston right now. Um, and about a month ago, Heather uh, McCurdy, uh, my coach reached out to me. Um, she said, Steph, you know, you don't have any races on the calendar um, yet in my lead up to Boston. So she asked if I was, if I'd be interested or willing um, to fly down to Birmingham, Alabama um, to race uh, with a team. Um, it was a co-ed team and there was going to be four other girls um, also who also train um, with McCurdy. And she said it was going to be a really unique opportunity uh, for me to really test my fitness and also to be able to be pushed um, by a really fast group of women um, and, and a unique experience in terms of just getting to work with a team, uh, which I'm, I'm usually not used to doing. So, so yeah, so I, you know, at first I was intimidated. <laughs> um, you know, uh, my background is an ultra runner um, for the past, like, nearly a decade. Um, I've always been a little bit leery about testing the waters with a 10K or a 5K. Um, I'm usually more comfortable um, in the half marathon um, distance and up. Um, But you know what, I decided to just say yes to the opportunity um, and just say yes to life, honestly. Um, So I agreed uh, to head down there um, and got everything set up. So yeah. Now, was it intimidating at all, considering that this was a high quality event? That you were kind of right. running as a team, not necessarily yeah. uh, simply as an individual. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's still a lead up race, but it's hard to right. dissociate that from the idea right. like you want to achieve in the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think and you know, I mean, the competition was so high at this race. It's it's I'd heard people, um, local um, Birmingham runners, they they all said that this race is like hands down the most competitive uh, road race there is in the area. I mean, the, the field was really stacked, um, professional runners, um, elites, sub elites. Um, so I was definitely intimidated. Um, and I honestly didn't really see myself in the same class um, as the rest of the girls um, on the team. Um, and it, it took me a bit, you know, in the weeks leading up to the race, I had some doubts for sure. Um, just thinking like, you know, maybe Heather and James, maybe their, their view of my fitness isn't, isn't what it really is. Um, you know, I didn't want to let the team down. I didn't want to let, um, Heather and James down. Um, but at the end of the day, Heather just kept telling me like, no, you, you can run with this group. You do belong here. Um, and she's like, and I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't put you in this position if I didn't truly believe that. So, so um, what was, what was like the crux of her argument? for you are ready versus like sure. the crux of your argument of like, yeah, I'm not so sure. <laughs> well, you know, what's difficult um, or not difficult, but it's, I'm kind of in a unique position um, to where I live and train um, at altitude. Um, 99% of my runs are at least at 7,500 feet um, all the way up to 9,500, sometimes a little, sometimes a little bit um, higher than that. Um, so there's always going to be adjustments, uh, with my paces. So, um, anyone that's familiar with, um, the VDOT, um, scoring system. So my paces are, my VDOT score is adjusted down because of the fact that I train, um, so high, um, altitude wise. Um, so, 
I mean, scientifically, you know, we know there is a conversion factor down to sea level. Um, and I even, you know, Heather even adjusts my paces um, when I come down to like the Denver area or the lower foothills, um, you know, to just adjust for effort and things like that. So I think for me, you know, I see the certain paces that I've ran um, during workouts, um, but they're not like a pace that I ran say this past weekend, um, I'd never strung 6.2 miles together at that pace before. But Heather's point was actually you have, you, it's just an altitude and you haven't taken into account, you know, the conversion factor. So her point was that, no, you are trained for this. Um, you just can't be so fixated on the number that's going to pop up on your watch uh, when you race, because it's by nature, it's going to be different um, than the numbers you see on your watch um, up at 8,000 feet, if that makes sense. So when you came down to sea level and say you, <laughs> I don't know if you did like some shakeout runs or just even in your warm up that yeah. day, can you feel the difference compared to like yeah. how your legs are moving <laughs> and then like the then like the relative ease or dis-ease that your lungs feel? You know, I, I want to say that I do, but you know, this past weekend, you know, I had a, I had nerves going for sure. I was more excited than anything, but I, it was actually so humid um, down in Birmingham um, and it, it poured rain the entire uh, time that we raced. Um, so during my shakeout run and my warm up, I actually didn't feel that great. I thought, you know, we're kind of chipping along at an 820, you know, 815 pace here. And it, it, it didn't feel like, oh, this is cake, you know, or, it didn't feel so much easier um, than, you know, running that same pace here um, in Colorado. But I think that's more mental than anything. Um, I think it was just my mind playing games on me in that regard. So, yeah. And the other thing that I always want to talk to you about um, is just now that you're, you know, working, you know, I should, I should preface this is that in our last episode, we talked a lot about road racing, comparing road mm-hmm. racing and, trail running and you know the ultra scene and because you've had 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 a foot in both um Uh and where you live is kind of the typical spot for a more trail runner ultra runner type feel uh which is what you've done is what your husband does um Mm -hmm. so you're definitely as part of that so how has your training changed in this cycle leading into boston not only in terms of the different kinds of workouts you may be doing, but also incorporating Mm -hmm. just the natural terrain that you like to run in. Yeah. You know, so after CIM, um, I, I kind of went through some health issues, um, in my CIM buildup, um, to where I was kind of unsure where I was in a fall, uh, time-wise. Um, and for anyone that's not familiar with CIM, that, that race is typically the first week of December. So, that's kind of the timeline we're looking at right now. Um, I ran a strong race at CIM. I felt really good. Um, but with that being said, I also felt like I ran really safely. Um, I never felt like I was really, you know, pushing hard. I mean, I obviously just like anyone has to, you're, dig- you are having to dig deep, um, especially in those last 10 K five K of a, of a marathon, but I finished knowing that I had a lot more. Um, I didn't necessarily finish feeling like, like I'd redlined or that I'd really dipped into the well. Um, so going into this training cycle and this year, um, I knew that I really wanted to get more serious. Um, and I knew that was going to take higher mileage. Um, that doesn't work for everyone. Um, but 
because I have, you know, years upon years of, ex- of, of running experience, not necessarily competitively, um, and especially not on the road. Um, but with my background, I knew that um, I, my body can handle um, the higher mileage. Um, and I also knew that I, my, that my workouts needed to get a little bit more challenging. Um, so um, in terms of answering your question, how things have changed um, with the natural terrain, I still head out to the trails um, with my husband. Um, he's currently training for, um, he has a couple hundred milers on his schedule as well as a 200 miler. So, um, geez, Louise, I, <laughs> you people are crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I do head out with him to the trails. I, I don't like to neglect that aspect of training just because I feel like it is so beneficial. Um, just leg strength, um, getting that, um, you know, ultra runners call it vert, um, but just getting that hill training in, um, I, I definitely don't head out to the trails as much as I did probably say last year um, when we first moved here, um, just because I have narrowed my focus um, on getting my speed um, and power up um, in order to be able to perform on the road. But um, I definitely think the trails have have helped me um, in in terms of just overall focus. Um, You know, you can't zone out when you're trail running or else you're going to (laughs) fall. That's not fun. So um, I've worked on even just, um, staying light on my feet, proper form on the trails, um, certain things like that. But like I said, I, I haven't been heading out as much as I, I had been, but um, I still do maybe about once a week or so. Now, how has it been different for you or just what's your, what are your thoughts on kind of building that big aerobic base, which is necessary mm-hmm. for somebody who maybe, you know, first trying to do a marathon or ultra marathon or someone who's really trying right. to achieve big things in that area um, versus, you know, kind of what you're doing now, uh, at least from afar, it looks more like, you know, as you said, you're certainly building more mileage, but certainly a, a bigger focus is on, you know, as you said, getting stronger and just simply getting yeah. faster. Mm-hmm. Now, what is that, what does that conversion look like um, for you? Is it something that you're you're conscious of in your training, or is it just happening organically? Um, so I feel like previously, um, you know, last year, 2018 was probably my first year really um, returning to actual serious training. Um, I had been really busy with medical school and then residency. Um, so last year was the, the first time I really had the time um, to start incorporating more quality workouts, um, speed, just in general. I hadn't been doing any sort of speed work um, up until last year. Um, so right now, um, you know, I did make a coaching change. And previously, I I wasn't ever really, I mean, it's not that I go into workouts nervous, but last year um, in, in, my, in my previous uh, marathon buildups, um, you know, I was always pretty confident, um, that I could hit the paces, um, prescribed to me. Um, I could always finish the workout. Um, and now, um, I'm, I'm definitely being challenged a whole lot more. It's to me, you know, going into like, I have a 12 by K, um, session that I, I'll do later today. Um, we should have talked after that to see like, all <laughs> yeah. right, hey, I'm dead. Yeah, right. How are you doing training? I'm dead. That's how, that's how I'm feeling about it. <laughs> right. Um, and now, um, I mean, Heather is really pushing me to a point to where 
it's like, I'm, I'm not really sure if I'm going to be able to hit, you know, exact paces for this workout. Um, but one of the intentions I set at the beginning of this year is that I don't, I don't want my goals, you know, or the journey to my goals. I don't want it to be easy. Um, I want it to be worth it. You know, um, I feel like nothing that's worth it is ever going to be easy. Um, I'm a big proponent of, um, you know, you have to choose courage over comfort. Um, and that's a, um, a quote. Um, I didn't, I didn't come up with that myself, but, um, you know, you're, you're never going to grow if you just stay in that easy, comfortable place. Um, so while I do think some of it is coming, um, organically right now, I think the biggest thing is that I, I am finally stepping out of my comfort zone. Um, and I'm, I'm just really being challenged. Um, and it's been exciting and fun to try to rise to that challenge. Now, how has your body held up? Cause oftentimes when we really push like that, again, having a coach is helpful because they can you know, mm-hmm. really dial it in, but you also, yeah. you also run that risk, right? Of maybe right. pushing yourself too hard or if you're not feeling right. good on a certain day and your coach doesn't know that, maybe you're mm-hmm. like burning the candle at both ends. You are a doctor. Um, yeah. you, you, you have a lot of things going on in your life. If you yeah. don't sleep well, and all, there's a lot of mitigating factors that can pop mm-hmm. up. So for you, what's been the biggest key to staying healthy as you're training in a way that's a little bit more um, advanced than in the past. Sure. You know, I think the biggest thing has been just very open communication with Heather about everything. Um, You know, when we first talked on the phone, you know, I went over, you know, my professional uh, career and, you know, I have that going on. Um, But with the same token, um, you know, my husband and I had talked about things after CIM um, and and we have prioritized uh, running for me. So with that being said, prioritizing running has also meant that I've prioritized my nutrition, my sleep, um, my recovery, things like, you know, being just really vigilant about rolling each day. Um, And I also just really pay attention um, to how I'm feeling. And I feel like I, you know, I'm very open uh, with Heather about that. So, you know, there's a couple weeks ago, I was starting to feel a slight twinge, um, in my uh, peroneal, it's one of the, the muscles and tendons that run on the outside of your ankle. Um, and I was just, it, it wasn't outright pain, you know, but it just, it felt a little bit tired and sore. And that's um, your specialty. Yeah. It that, is. That's like, that's, I mean, legitimately <laughs> right. like from a, from a, a doctor perspective, that is your specialty right. is that part of yeah. the body. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, and I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty in tune with my body in that regard. Um, I, I, I don't, I try not to like run through true pain and I, I feel like I'm good at knowing the difference between, you know, fatigue, um, from a hard or a tough workout, um, compared to like an actual injury. Um, so in that example, I reached out to Heather. I'm like, Hey, I'm just feeling this little twinge. Um, you know, I think I'm going to back off and take, you know, just a full rest day. No, I'm not going to do any sort of cross training. Um, just let things calm down a little bit. Um, and I think that's been good to, as I've built up my mileage, um, which we did gradually, um, I adequately recovered after CIM. Um, and we took, you know, the remaining month of December and January to slowly work up, um, in mileage and, and the same thing also, um, with the quality, uh, workouts. Um, we took time to gradually build that up, um, and just being open with her and honest, you know, and just keeping my eye on the big picture, you know, I don't want to push through a hard workout, you know, one week solely to say I completed the workout when my 
you know, my ultimate goal is not even just Boston, but I mean, I want to be able to happily and healthily run, you know, hopefully till the last day I'm here on earth. So that's always the focus on big picture. I feel like. I love that. That's well put. And (laughs) what, where is your mileage now? Um, My mileage is, well, last week was a little bit lower um, with the 10K. I did kind of like a mini taper for that. But um, I'm kind of hovering right around 70 to 75. um, And I'll kind of build up a bit more till I hit that peak. um, And then I'll taper back down for Boston. So are you doing two workouts a week plus a long run? Or is it one workout and then like a workout within a long run? Um, it's, I, I usually have two speed workouts a week and whether that's say like a Wednesday workout, um, for example, this week I have, um, a quality workout today and then I have a long run, um, with, you know, some marathon pace miles or, or speed work built into that. Um, other, other weeks I've done, you know, two speed workouts during the week, uh, during the work week. And then my long run has been easy, quote, easy paced. Um, so it's usually two, two per week. So your husband Mitchell is a is an avid runner. Do you yes. <laughs> get to run with with him or with other people, or are you doing a lot of this solo? Um, I really recently um, I I have been um, doing a lot of stuff solo. Um, besides the times I head out with him um, onto the trails, um, but I'm hoping um, one of my teammates that I actually met for the first time this past weekend, she's actually local in the Denver area. So I'm hoping to start doing some, getting some speed work in um, with her, just because I feel like that is such a game changer uh, to run with others um, during your quality workouts. Uh, But it can be, it can be tough too, to find, you know, either a good group or um, another runner that's maybe at your level um, so that neither of you are overreaching or, or not being pushed hard enough. Um, So Yeah, certainly. And talk about um, running with people. I mean, that's really what this Mm -hmm. race was all about for you. So, you know, so you coming from a place where you're really not doing any hard work with other people. So Mm -hmm. what was the team aspect like for you in this race, since it's really so different than what you're used to? Yeah, it was so different, but it was honestly, it was the most amazing thing I've ever experienced, like hands down uh, during a race. It's kind of like, I mean, it's not kind of like, it is like, um, you know, us amateur runners when we're, you know, we're watching New York City, Chicago, Boston, you know, and you see, you see the different packs um, of professional runners. I mean, you see how they're kind of working together. Um, They're, you know, taking turns, um, you know, blocking wind, uh, things like that. Um, And that's exactly how it felt um, this past weekend. Um, we started out with a group of five of us, um, you know, so psyched at the start line. Um, we had a, James and Heather had given us a plan, uh, going into it. So, um, I, I ran with my watch, um, but I, I only had it on the screen display on elapsed time. Um, and my auto lap was off. So I was not getting, you know, the typical beeps, you know, at each mile split. Um, so, and I actually never once looked at my watch the entire time, um, and so there's a group of five of us. Um, we started out, you know, right when the gun went off um, and we were being paced um, by Hannah Coffin, incredible runner. Um, she was the only one that had a watch on. Um, the, our pack um, went down to four um, and it was pouring rain the entire time. Um, so we were just kind of like <laughs> grinding away through that. Um, we kind of um, were taking turns 
kind of switching around, but we, I mean, we stayed together the entire time. Um, around mile four, um, I was able to put in a little surge, um, just like Heather and I had talked about. Um, but ultimately, I mean, the four of us kicked um, right at, you know, mile five, and we ended up going uh, six, seven, eight, and nine right in a row, um, which was awesome. I mean, it was so cool. Um, and for us runners that, you know, we'll never really be able or to experience lining up in a professional field at a major race. I, this was like the closest that I've ever uh, been to experiencing that um, with a pack. It was just so much fun. Um, and in terrible race conditions, I really just feel like we, we just pulled each other through. Um, and it was, it was fun, you know, it, it wasn't like, Oh, that sucked, you know, having to slop through the mud and puddles. Um, it, it was just downright fun. And it, what, I've, all I've ever wanted out of running, honestly. So it was fun. Well, it sounds like it was a great primer for Boston because you know, because yeah. like the chance <laughs> of getting great weather is such a crapshoot. Right. Um, I know. So, did you have a team plan, and each of you also have individual plans? So, how how did it work from a uh, coaching perspective? Sure. So, I think um, really what was. I mean, kind of a huge coincidence um, and just what made it so unique was that um, the five of us all, I mean, our goal times um, based on our current level of fitness, they were all pretty close to each other, Um, you know, and then throwing in the pouring rain and the weather factor was kind of like a leveling field for all of us. Um, So, I mean, our goal times, um, I, when Heather and I, when we first talked about me traveling down there for it, you know, she said, you know, the other girls, you know, we we want you guys to be running. Well, not want, but our current fitness showed that any of us could be running from say 35 minutes to 37 minutes um, for the 10 K. What did you so, do when you first heard that? <clears throat> um, <laughs> I, I was like, Oh, Heather, I mean, I don't know if I'm in that same bracket. Um, I definitely did a little, uh, speechless moment with that just because those times didn't sound like anything that I was ready to run um, but like we talked about before with the altitude conversion and things um, she truly felt like I, I did or I could run in that in that time bracket so yeah there you go all right so you so you kind of had that that vision going in mm-hmm. and then you guys yeah. are running as a unit at what mm-hmm. point did you, did your mindset shift from, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, it's, it's, it must be, it's kind of nice when you have that group setting, right? I mean, like uh-huh. you can yeah. kind of go on autopilot a little bit, like mm-hmm. it's, you don't have to overthink yeah. everything. You can kind of right. really just stay focused on the present moment. But when mm-hmm. did that start to shift for you in terms of we're here together, we're all around the same fitness level, let's just go mm-hmm. as a group to, right. okay, now I want to be the best version of me today and I'm <laughs> going to do what's best for me. Yeah. Yeah. So that was great. Um, that was what was great about, um, Heather and her racing strategy. Um, so I was told to, um, you know, stick with Hannah, um, our group pacer, um, through mile four. Um, and then at that point make the decision, um, if I thought I was going to be able to pass her or not, um, you know, and she said at mile four, let your competitive drive take over and, you know, be willing to get uncomfortable and just bring it home. Um, you know, with that being said, too, um, 
Hannah's shoe was untied the entire race, like from a half mile on. Um, and she paced us perfectly. Um, so, <laughs> but everything did pan out exactly how Heather had said, you know, we, we kind of went around this sharp hairpin turn and then I saw the mile four, um, sign up ahead and I thought, you know what, I, I can, I can, I can make a surge here. Um, I felt good. Um, and I was able to execute just like almost, I mean, to the dot of how Heather and I had talked about it. Um, and what was surprising to me, um, I, I surprised myself is because I kept thinking, I'm like, okay, you're doing fine. You know, everything feels good. Um, but I, a part of me thought, okay, everything feels fine because you're with the pack um, and they're kind of pulling you along. Um, and I felt like I was anticipating, you know, that pain, the pain cave. I was like, okay, just, just hold on. It's going to start to hurt. But surprisingly, I, I didn't really feel like I ever hit that point. Um, I, I went through mile four uh, feeling strong um, and able to surge. Um, and then I think I was able to, it was kind of hard because I, I had my auto lap off. So I, I didn't get to see splits right away. But I think I was able to, you know, for the final 400 meters, I was able to get down to like high fours, I think, uh, like a 457 pace or something like that, um, low fives. Um, and I was able to do that without feeling like I was in a like vomit <laughs> over the finish line. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so what were the splits the first four miles? Um, so I think our first mile was in five, uh, 55. Um, so the first three miles of the race were, were pretty hilly, um, like rolling hills. I mean, there was no crazy, you know, ascent, um, but just, just rolling hills. Um, so our first three miles, um, were right around 555, 553, um, 554. So, and then mile, uh, leading up to mile four was a, a pretty good downhill. Um, so we were able to put down a 545, um, which was awesome. Um, and then, um, after, you know, once we hit mile four, we were, we were on a straightaway that paralleled, um, the river and it was, since it was pouring rain, it was also pretty muddy. Um, and Birmingham too has had a pretty wet winter, um, they were saying. So things got pretty sloppy, um, at that point in the final two miles. Um, so I, I definitely, that was the one aspect of the race where, um, I mean, I wouldn't say I was disappointed in myself, but I felt like I was, I wasn't being as aggressive as I could have been just because I was kind of scared of honestly slipping and falling um, through the muddy patches. So um, I think I ran like a 556, um, like five mile, I think. And then my six mile, I picked it up a bit, but. So you ran what, 3630-ish? Yes, yes, 3632. Yeah. Uh, so what yeah. do you think, all things being equal, mm-hmm. what do you think if the weather had been, I mean, you're never going to get perfect weather, right? but you know, right. like, you know, like 85 percentile perfect weather. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think that time would have been adjusted for if you could, if you could do that? Yeah. I, I think anywhere from 15 to 30 seconds. Um, and granted 30 seconds is a lot in a 10 K for sure. Um, but just, I mean, we, our team kind of discussed this after too. And, and just taking a look at the other girls is um, times on the same course from last year, um, 2018 when the, and when the weather they said was like perfect, sunny, you know, but not too hot, um, not like wet by any means. Um, 
they, I mean, they had ran anywhere from 10 to 25 seconds faster on the course the previous year. And, and all of our times, um, even the, even the men's times too, we're all, we're all in that same range uh, for adjustments. I felt like, so I think maybe on a, on a better weather day, maybe shaved, you know, like I said, 15 to 25 seconds off potentially. That's but awesome. Who knows? <laughs> a, a potential sub 36. That's unbelievable. And you have like a great knowledge base there. Cause you're Rachel Davis ran and she's from Birmingham. Yes. 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 It was so awesome to meet her and her husband. They're just wonderful people. Um, and it, yeah, it was, it was really great to have, uh, you know, the experience of the other girls that are local. So yeah, I can imagine. So when you were in this race setting, which is, you know, a far cry from your typical, you know, a, lot of, a lot of races you've done in the past. Yeah. Were you able, like, what was the, if you could do like a little like mindfulness pie, right? Like what mm-hmm. percent were you like mindful present in the moment versus percent of like, almost like have like a meta feeling of right you know being above yourself and thinking like wow like look at what i'm doing right now or this is so strange <laughs> or this is you know really yeah. kind of taking that that uh that other that other approach yeah and it's funny you bring that up too because there is always a point um in a race regardless of the distance um road versus trail where i kind of go to that place where i'm like is this really happening right now like am i am i really doing this <laughs> um but for this race, I really did try to just stay in the moment, stay in the present moment. Um, and I, I mean, I think that's, that's true for any time you're trying to sustain, you know, a, a fast pace, um, and keep up with your team, um, and really push yourself. Um, and I think what really helped me stay in the moment was that I wasn't so fixated on my watch. Um, and I was quote running blind, um, in that regard, um, since I was just running on effort, it really, it really just forced me, um, to run in the moment. Um, I, I found myself doing those, you know, kind of self check-ins, um, like everything's fine. You're not hurting, you know, you can keep going. Um, I kind of treated the last two miles as, as a fart lick, um, which is my favorite type of workout. Um, I'm like, okay, it might start to hurt, but think back to all those times where, you know, you had 12 minutes at such and such pace. This is no different, you know, complete, complete that, um, you know, at that time interval and you'll be done. Um, and I didn't really let myself kind of, I don't want to say disassociate, but, um, kind of, you know, where you're looking down on yourself, like, wow, did that really just happen? Um, I didn't really allow myself to go to that place until I was within, you know, 300 meters of the finish, um, and I saw that time clock and I thought, holy cow, I did, <laughs> I did execute, um, Heather's race plan. Um, and it was awesome. <laughs> That's for sure. And then, you know, considering that, you know, it's not like, it's not as if this race completely buried you, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you right. had a wonderful race, but you didn't finish yeah. and be like, oh my God, I've never worked so hard right. in my life. I don't know if I can ever do that again. Right. You combine that with the fact that you're in the middle of a marathon training cycle. What is your vision right now for Boston? Um, you know, I originally, um, when I, you know, first talked to Heather, you know, about my goals um, leading up to Boston, initially it was to break three hours. Um, I ran 305 at CIM. Um, and like I said, I, 
it the 305 it felt like a safe effort um which is perfectly fine you know that I, I had absolutely no regrets about how I raced CIM um and that was it was great for my current fitness level um so I really had just been going into it wanting to break three hours um in Boston um but now um it's kind of um by how much I can break three hours um I'm I'm hoping you know my my current fitness fitness level um it's kind of indicative of around 250. Um, I, I'll be totally grateful for any result, honestly. It's, to me, it's not really so much a matter of the exact time um, that I'm able to run in Boston, but just um, giving it my best um, with what I have on that day. Right. And then also the, the people that you are competing <laughs> with on that day and someone who can go potentially sub 36 mm -hmm. in a 10K, a lot yeah. of them strive for the same goal yeah when the marathon and i don't know if i, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you want me to bring it up but a lot of people yeah. you know look at that 245 marker and they say right. this is potentially doable yeah. and obviously it's it's different when it's some one of these huge races mm -hmm. um you know everyone right. everyone can look at the boston marathons you know recent history of weather um mm -hmm. and even long term it's basically it's yeah. one every 10 years you get that wind at your back and a really yeah. nice day and then think yeah. you know magical things can happen Mm -hmm. but there's plenty of other days like the last two years where yeah, it's not <laughs> quite, that's not necessarily in the cards. Yeah. So, I mean, with that being said, um, I definitely, um, my goal this year, um, you know, since we're getting ready to head into the Olympic year in 2020, um, I was hesitant uh, to verbalize my goal. Um, and I, it, you know, I, it had been brought up in the past, um, especially after CIM, um, but, you know, I just wanted to put my head down um, after CIM, get some, you know, build my mileage back up, um, start incorporating um, those higher intensity workouts with Heather. Um, and then, you know, I think it was maybe a month and a half ago now, um, Heather dropped the hammer and said, you know what? She's like, I would, I really want you to take a stab um, at an OTQ in the marathon, um, this year and, and likely later on in the fall. And like, cause, because like you said, Boston typically isn't I'm not, I mean, it, I am definitely going for a PR, um, on Boston as, as anyone should. Yeah. I mean, um, you're going to run as fast as you can. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, just, just with, you know, the weather factors and things like that. Um, and I, I do, I do feel like I need, um, the summer um, to kind of focus more on speed and power um, in order to really get close to that 245 mark. Um, so I don't want to say that I'm like not ready to do that at Boston, um, but but I do I do feel like I, I need a little bit more time um, to work on that. So, and it wasn't that long ago, and this is something we touched on <laughs> a lot in September. It wasn't that long ago where you were you know a 330 320 marathoner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you look at the improvement you've had and you're going to continue to have, you know, God willing, yeah. what, when you talk to other people or when you just envision yourself talking to other people who mm -hmm. are looking to make a similar kind of improvement, even if it's not yeah. exactly you know, the numbers that you had, what are right. some of the things that you try to stress to them? I try to stress that if you want something bad enough, um, if you, you know, you have this goal and it feels like it's really, really far away. It's not, you just have to be willing to create the right path, 
um, intelligently, you know, we've, so many people have talked about this, but just running smarter, training smarter, and not necessarily harder. Um, And also, you just have to believe in yourself. It, It doesn't matter what other people say, you know, oh, well, if you can't run such and such time, you know, in the half, you know, right now, you're not going to be able to run this in the marathon. Well, you know, it's really just all about the journey um, and practicing each day, being positive, speaking positively to yourself, and just keeping your eyes focused on your goal. Um, Each day, you know, that I have a a tough workout, um, something that freaks me out, some crazy sort of (laughs) mile repeat, plus, you know, fart licks, plus 200 that Heather's thrown at me. Um, Each time I go into a workout like that, I practice being positive, cheering myself on, you know, even if you feel like you can't hold on to that pace, just try, you know, just, just stay in the moment, positive self-talk, because the more you practice that, the more likely you're going to do that and be able to execute that on race day. Um, And really no dream is too big. Um, I've told so many of my friends this, but I mean, the limits that you put on yourself, it, they're only what you say or, you know, what you write down. They're, you are limitless if you're willing to put in the work and the time, you know, and prioritize all those other factors that go into it, rest, recovery, um, positive self-talk. Um, if you're willing to put all of those components together, even if it's not perfect every time, but if you go into every workout, every run, every day with that sort of intention, there, there's no, there's no one or anything that can say that you can't achieve that, that goal. So. That's really well put, <laughs> Stephanie. And not that I'm oh, surprised you. you're so good at articulating <laughs> so many things, uh, but that's really well put. And, and I would be remiss if I didn't add to that is that you know, you've been building, you know, if, if, if you're, if, if fitness were to be illustrated in a pyramid, you be, mm-hmm. you built the base of that pyramid over a long period of time. Yes, that it wasn't yes, simply about right. this training cycle or the last right. two training cycles. Yeah, and that's that's I that's I'm glad you brought that up because that's really key to, you know, I, I've had um, you know strangers reach out and they're like, "How did you get so fast so quickly?" You know, and it's really, <laughs> <laughs> and I I don't think there's any malice behind those statements at all. I'm I'm not a over overly sensitive person. I never take things that way. Um, you know, and I also, I don't share every single workout or run, um, on social media. I just, I just don't think it's pertinent to each runner is so different. Um, and like I said, I, I'm in a unique position as well, where I'm, I'm training up in the mountains. It's, it's not going to be the same as someone, you know, running in like a coastal city, you know, around a track there, but the paces, you, you're not going to be able to compare my paces to someone that's, that's down there because it's, there's so many other factors um, at play. Um, you mean your you mean your 12 minute mile pace, <laughs> easy runs in the mountains aren't, aren't the same as like the 8:30 pace for someone else? <laughs> exactly. Um, no, but um, right. It's it's like I I don't share all of those, but also I mean I have gone through years and years of struggle through running. I took an entire year off from running um, and racing. Um, my first year of residency, because honestly, I just didn't have the time, the energy. Um, it just wasn't realistic at that point in my life to really put down serious training. And that's okay. 
Um, I see a lot of people on social media, they have two, three kids, you know, they're, they're working, their spouse is working full time, um, you know, and they get down on themselves for not getting, you know, a bigger PR um, or, or just feeling tired or, and I, it's so important to give yourself grace. I mean, it, our, none of us are here, you know, getting paid to solely run um, like the professionals are. So it's, it's okay to not be able to perform at your highest um, potential every single time. Um, and I can say that from years of experience of not, because at that point in my life, I, I had to prioritize my professional um, career, my job. Um, and now that I have you know, I'm a small business owner with my husband um, and we're able to kind of organize our time differently now, kind of, you know, by, um, by our standards, you know, we, we don't have, you know, a residency director or a professor, et cetera, um, kind of organizing our time. Um, now that we have that time to, now I'm kind of able to do exactly what I've always wanted to do with running, um, but it took time um, and that's okay. You know, it's, it's just life. So being patient is the key to it, I think. Absolutely. And I think what, that last point you brought up was huge, you know, really speaks to the idea of, you know, there's a difference between reasons and excuses, mm-hmm. right. right? Right. Like a reason is not an excuse. They are inherently right. different excuses, yes. a fake reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think some people have a hard time, the host included in this statement, um, you know, juxtaposing that with the idea of being uncomfortable. It's like, all right, like, well, I'm supposed to be uncomfortable, so I can't use these things as an excuse. Like, no, you're tired. That's a reason why this didn't go according to plan, but your relative effort may have illustrated something else that your watch didn't and, you know, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I feel like once you're kind of able to um, delineate and see the difference between those two, um, that's, that's where growth occurs. Um, You know, and the Heather has told me this before, but, and so have many other coaches, but um, you know, running really rewards consistency over perfection. Um, And not to say that um, like you're consistent, you know, someone is consistently not, you know, hitting paces, et cetera. Um, and, and then magically on race day, you know, it, it adds up to a, a giant PR. I don't really mean it in that regard, but it's just, it's just showing up each day and giving it your best on what you have on that day. You know, even if it, it means that you're not hitting your prescribed paces. Um, if you're, if you're just giving it your best each day, like you're not going to fail at all. <laughs> right. And it works in both directions. It doesn't mm-hmm. just work from like, hey, it's consistency, your your bad workout or two or five, right. you know, like and that that's not going to tell the story. Just like if you look at exactly. Ali Kiefer's public yes, um, yes. training log going into New York, there were plenty mm-hmm. of plenty of workouts, not easy runs, workouts right. that she cut short and she yeah. did fantastically well. But it also mm-hmm. speaks to the other side of the coin of just because you had a couple bomb great, workouts where you right. kicked some serious butt. If mm-hmm. your mileage was all over the place and not consistent, right. even if there was mm-hmm. a perfectly good reason for it, you're not going to yeah. necessarily compete at the level of those workouts. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And along those exact same lines, I a huge, huge proponent. I've, you know, I've shared it, posted it many times, but I, I think it is so key to stay in the middle 
don't get hung up on the highs. Don't get hung up on a PR. Just because I was able to run a 10K PR this past weekend, it, that's not a guarantee for anything. It, it was a test of my fitness level, but it doesn't guarantee a certain half marathon time, a certain marathon time. Just, just like, as we said, you know, a bad workout one day where I can't, I'm struggling to hit paces doesn't mean that I'm not capable of hitting those paces again um, on race day. Um, if you're staying in the middle, you're not getting too hung up on the highs and the lows. Um, that's the perfect place to be um, in terms of your training and really just life in general, I feel like. There you go. What a great place to end it. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I look forward to seeing you in Boston in April. Ah, thank you so much for having me, Matt. It was such a pleasure. Thank you again, Stephanie, for coming on the show. This was absolutely fantastic. Thank you to Mercury Mile, our presenting sponsor of the show, Megaton Coffee as well. Also, we talked a lot about coaches in this episode. If you're looking for a coach or even considering a coach, check out lolrunning.com. That's L-O-W-E-L-L, lolrunning.com. They're in the show notes. I'm a coach there. Ruben Sansa started the, the organization. He's an elite runner. Nate Jenkins is an elite runner and an elite coach. Kevin Beck, Jill Chisholm, a great group. I'm so fortunate to be a part of this group. And if you're looking for a coach, you're not going to find anybody better. That's for sure. So check them out, lowellrunning.com. Thank you so much for listening, for sharing the show, for you know, rating and reviewing on iTunes and Apple and Spotify and wherever you can do that. I really appreciate it. Most of all, just thank you for being part of the Rambling Runner community. So have a great day and happy running.